Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for June 16th, 2019. We are broadcasting not live from Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. And this is your, uh, this Sunday uh, that we're going to be talking about is Trinity Sunday. Uh, um, Trinity meaning three. Yes. Trinity (laughs) meaning Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That's, Yes. Uh, Trinity meaning other things? Is there is there is there a trio of trinities? Oh, that's an interesting way to phrase it. Um, I don't know if there's simply a trio, but there's make it happen, Bruce. Come on, I really, <laughs> I really want a trinity of, of threes. Well, uh, no, I won't try to count because that'll bog me down. The um, concept of the trinity was something that the early Christians were. <clears throat> struggling with. They're trying to figure out how to describe this miraculous experience of God in the form of Jesus mm-hmm. and this miraculous experience of God in the form of the Holy Spirit as experienced on Pentecost, which we celebrated right. uh, this past Sunday, and the ongoing miraculous experience of God as revealed through the Hebrew Scriptures, the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. And obviously I've overly simplified the whole thing because there are lots of other ways people experience have experience God in the time of early Christianity and continue to do so. But the end of the Gospel of Matthew, which we don't have as one of our readings today, mm-hmm. uh, Jesus, after his resurrection, exp- um, directs the 11 remaining apostles, Judas, of course, off the scene by this point, mm-hmm. to go out and baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Okay. So Is that kind of like the first reference of? That is the first, I believe, the only reference of the trinity yeah because because certainly in genesis we talk about uh the the spirit Spirit hovering over the water and plenty of references obviously through the old testament of uh of uh um, god being god the father kind of a personality and And the new testament very very uh, heavy in 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 uh the jesus uh, uh stories uh, but also, as you pointed out, with uh, in, in Acts, the kind of the the, the Holy Spirit again, yeah. Holy Very Spirit active. coming down in the form of a dove at Jesus' baptism. Right. So there's references that sprinkled here uh, throughout through all out of, uh, of of all three different. But that that's the only time they ever the, 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 the actual the, formulation the, that we huh. are current Christians are very familiar with, um, and in in this except for that location, the. Holy Spirit usually doesn't have the um, first name of holy. Usually it's just the Spirit. The Spirit spirit of God. Yeah. 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 And so part of the interesting thing, even today among some very, very biblical, literal Christians, they are what we might say weak on the the Trinity. Mm -hmm. And uh, in part because they aren't quite sure what to do with... It only appearing once, uh, and the lack of strict definition of the Holy Spirit within mm. with holy, right? Um, so, for them, sometimes they'll only baptize in the name of Jesus, for instance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that that's sort of where we as Episcopalians will notice it is when someone comes from one of those traditions and and asks about being baptized in the name of Jesus rather than the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, as Matthew instructs. Right. Um, that, that's sort of trivial in many ways. But yeah, it's something that the church really didn't 
figure out what to do with until the time of the Nicene Creed formulation in the 300s and around that same time what we now call the Cappadocian Fathers. Okay. Uh, yeah. Which you can Wikipedia and they actually have a pretty accurate entry on this of um, these three people who figured out ways of describing the three aspects of God as as revealed in the Holy Trinity in a way that makes sense, I guess, right. and really has you know, now for over 1,700 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the big things that I think we tend to forget as current Christians and has been forgotten repeatedly through history is that the, the three dimensions of God named in the Trinity are not functionary. And okay. that, was, that was the big fight in the 300s. And uh, again, throughout history, really, is it's instead three aspects of God. So we don't have we don't have the God of baptism. We don't have the God of right, which um, would be more fertility. In line, right, right, which would be more in line with uh, pagan cultures right. uh, of the time. So forgive me if, if this comes across uh, crassly, uh-huh. but does that so is this basically our coping mechanism for trying to marry these different experiences together? And it's kind of like uh, um, describing. The different senses. Oh, um, that's not a bad example. Like, uh, 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 you know, this is this is my tactile version. Yeah. This is the one that I can touch, and that I can, and and then this is the one that I can see. This is the one that I can hear. This, but kind of like that's really good. Obviously, <laughs> yeah. But obviously, it, you know, Jesus, you could touch, see, hear, and well, you know, you used to of, used but, to be able to. <laughs> used to, used to, you're right. But that was that was but it was because the different experiences were so and and if you were asked as an individual to describe what's the difference between sight and and sound mm-hmm. or touch and taste um obviously drastically different experiences and some of them work in conjunction with each other make things right uh, um you know more like a a smell and taste mm-hmm. work in conjunction, just just like a, a sight and taste uh, enhance each other, but uh, but so this is us trying to describe. Okay, this was this was objectively a different kind of an experience than this over here, mm-hmm. um, and so this is kind of like this is one God sense, and this is another God sense, and this is a third God sense because they 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 work in conjunction with each other, but they are fundamentally uh, separate and different in in the way that they're experienced and. Uh, and, and processed as, as, as by humans. Yeah, and yet the, the entity is one. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's probably one of the, the toughest things for Christians who are frequent users of the imagery of any part of the Holy Trinity is that we tend to play favorites. Right. And there are some Christians who are thoroughly into Holy Spirit language, and mm-hmm. there are others that are thoroughly into Jesus language and there are others that might use father or creator language but what we have to always remember is that even as we might focus on one of these aspects of God it's not the completeness mm-hmm. and that even when we say the Holy Trinity that's right. not the completeness either we're always just talking about uh, a small small aspect 
of the immenseness of God and the mm-hmm. immenseness of God's love. Um, and if we try to, the old phrase that theologians used to talk about in the 80s was we can't put God in a box. Right. And right. we often try to, and the part of God that doesn't fit, we try to carve off like Plato that won't go back in the jar. Um, but instead... As is our nature as human yeah. beings. I mean, we just, we, it's hard for us to process things that are outside of our ability to understand. Right. And so we always have to be very humble about how we describe God and use the tools of imagery like the Holy Trinity, that it's it's this and so much more. Right. God is this, that, and the other thing, and yet so much more than that. Right. And, and for me personally, I really like uh, I, I really like my God that doesn't fit in a box. Because um, uh, uh, that's the real one. Just, just like... <laughs> Just like uh, uh, I don't, I don't like my politician to be the one I can have a beer with. You're supposed to be better. You know, yeah. I want you to be super smart. I want you to be better than me. Uh, I want my God to be uh, uh, beyond my yeah. comprehension and uh, understanding. And uh, that I, I like, I like that playground a lot better than than. Oh yeah, I fully compartmentalize and understand you. Yeah, and yet <clears throat> we have that. The, You're supposed to be better than me, God. And, and the, <laughs> that's right. And the, the theological language around that is the God who is transcendent, you know, well beyond anything we can understand, mm-hmm. and the God who is imminent. Mm-hmm. Uh, the God who does, in a sense, sit on our shoulder right. and uh, tries to help us get through any given day. Right, right, right. Uh, that, and does that for all the people in the world, mm-hmm. not just for a chosen few or something like that. So then uh, Trinity Sunday is acknowledgement of the Trinity, but it like, like how would you describe, uh, what the purpose of Trinity Sunday is then? Is it just to draw attention to, Hey, we celebrate all aspects of, of God's existence and, and, or like what, what is, what it, it it's not a cell, not a feast day or anything, but it's, is it technically a feast day? <clears throat> I think so. I think okay. it's, yeah, and now we're getting into the minutia of prayer book. Prayer right, 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 right. <laughs> so for which, those which, of you playing along at home, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, unless you are like the, the a prayer book nerd. Uh, right, and, and, in which case and, you already know. And, and, yeah, you already know. You're yelling but, at your... Yeah, it's I it, I believe it's a feast day. Okay. Um, and and it, it essentially is a summary of what we've experienced in the liturgical year to this point. Okay. So we start the liturgical year with the anticipation of the birth of Jesus. And now we've gone through all of Jesus's time on earth um, because we've um, celebrated the Feast of the Ascension when the mm-hmm. resurrected Jesus goes um, back to heaven and physically doesn't appear on earth again. There are visions of Jesus through history, but not uh, the physical form. Mm-hmm. And... So this is, in a sense, an opportunity to tie together the different ways that um, feed into the image of the Holy Trinity. Okay. Uh, the the more flippant answer is this is the day that seminarians are invited to preach. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I heard as a seminarian, you must be more up to date on this than I am, so you should preach. Uh, that more sounds like it's uh, it's it's the day where uh, uh, established pastors uh, take a day off. <laughs> As I say, it, they almost run screaming to the hills. <laughs> and because it's your what, world is fascinating. 
Well, it's one of these things where, and you know, beginning with the well, actually before the Cappadocian Fathers, mm-hmm. that it's supposed it's supposed to be a day that draws us into a mystical experience or awareness of God, mm-hmm. and it's mystical experiences are not on demand. So yeah, it's, right. it's a tough time to to give a sermon on something that is inexplicable. And yet, particularly since the time of the Enlightenment and the Reformation, people have tried repeatedly to come up with a way of explaining it. And right. as soon as you say you've explained it, then you have ruined it. Uh, I remember as a kid hearing at least three different sermons saying the Holy Trinity's like an apple. There's the skin, there's the meat, and there's the seed. And as a kid thinking, I don't eat the seeds. So it's not. <laughs> uh, See, when, when you first started that analogy, it was uh, the first thing that came to mind was Schrodinger's cat. Like, as, as soon as you open the box, congratulations, you figured it out, but you did kill it. Right. <laughs> yeah, and, it, and the I think that's one of the ways in which Western logic has a has um, shows its weakness in theology. Mm-hmm. And sometimes in Eastern Christianity, the Eastern Orthodox churches, they're much more comfortable with the mystic. Mm-hmm. And so in mystic traditions, it's much easier to simply say, okay, let's just take time to ponder this. Right. And maybe with um, a verbal sermon, maybe with silence, maybe with music, art, what, however it might be, mm-hmm. taking a walk in the woods. Um, so it's hard to do a traditional sermon on Trinity Sunday and... Uh, makes sense, yeah, and not not start to stroll into heresy. <laughs> right there, you go. Now, so now that we've teed this up, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, looking forward uh, w- with anticipation to your sermon this yeah. Sunday. Yeah, <clears throat> and and I have intentionally... I have my pitchfork and torch ready, by the way, for the heresy. <laughs> yeah, I won't tell you what cannon to use. <laughs> nice, very good, very good. And I'll, I'll admit my personal discipline um, since I started leading congregations was not to have a guest preacher on Trinity Sunday unless they really wanted it, which has never happened. <laughs> I figured that'd be unfair to my three years of seminary experience. Yeah, yeah. You, you, Having to way, take the way bullet. To, yeah, keep, way to keep an eye out for your for, for those behind you, and I appreciate yeah. that. Well, then let's, uh, before we delve into uh, to the readings that are that, that are designed to lead us to this discussion, right? Uh, uh, today's uh, podcast is brought to you by Life. Sometimes it gets in the way. Um, <laughs> I did not prepare one for that. I'm sure everyone out there uh, is, is super disappointed that I don't have a, a very funny, witty, well, wait, no, I never did. I never have a funny, witty uh, one. Just a, a but sometimes an off the wall one. An off the wall, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, and uh, I was just about to violate three or four different uh, copyrights. Yeah, right. I say, oh, you mean this, this, this? <laughs> <laughs> wait, those are all copyright. I shouldn't. Well, because of the in. vast sums of money that this podcast brings in, right. we we are in <laughs> treading in dangerous territory. Um, but uh, so our first reading here is from Proverbs 8, 1 through 4, and 22 through 31. Does not wisdom call, and does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights, beside the way, at the crossroads, she takes her stand. Besides, Beside the gates, in front of the town, at the entrance of the portals, she cries out, To you, O people, I call, and my cry is to all that live. 
The Lord created me at the beginning of his work, the first of his acts of long ago. Ages ago I was set up at the first before the beginning of the earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no water, no springs abounding with water, before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills, I was brought forth. When he had not yet made earth and fields of the world's first bits of soil, when he established the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above, when he established the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limit, so that the waters might not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth. Then I was beside him, like a master worker, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in his inhabited world and delighting in the human race. So this is, wisdom is a woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that does not shock me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but uh so it's kind of it's kind of resembles a almost like a poem it has oh, a it is a prose poem. to it yeah it's yeah. definitely a poem um yeah, good. a poem or a hymn good yeah. my my uh my, my uh eighth grade english uh <laughs> teacher would be proud of me um but uh um but that's kind of it, it draws up some very interesting imagery in that it's talking about okay so we've identified the main character of this poem this 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 hymn as wisdom and wisdom sitting actively but you know kind of on the sidelines watch of uh, uh, being participating and watching creation mm-hmm. and the history the span of mankind and that's that's kind of an interesting uh, uh, concept of uh, that that wisdom is is watching as things progress and as 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 creation is made and uh, uh, influencing a hand and its direction as a uh, as a uh, um, what was it what was what was the word that or the phrase that uh, as a master worker. Yeah. Uh, 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 so kind of like the, uh, the, 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 the project foreman, uh, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, for God of like, you know, you know, getting direction from, from up on high, but mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, I'll carry this out. And, and that's kind of a very interesting, uh, uh, concept that, that, that's invokes. So, uh, is, is this, what, what's the context around this passage? The, the, the book of Proverbs is written with the intended audience of the early Jewish nation. Right. Um, and what's, like, what is what is this trying to convey to that uh, group of readers? What, what's, what's the storyline that we're trying to, 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 to create here? Well, part of it is dealing, incorporating, I should say, not dealing, well, but dealing with incorporating the, some of the surrounding cultural influences mm-hmm. of... Um, Female deities okay. that had important positive roles. So it's sort of trying to use the, the artistic expressions of that that people would have found very meaningful and helpful. Um, so there's quite a bit of influence, particularly from what we now think of as Greek philosophy, okay. on the concept of wisdom as an aspect of God. 
and in uh, verse 22, there's in the Hebrew, it's ambiguous about how to translate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the translation, which we most commonly use in the Episcopal Church you just read, it says, the Lord um, created me at the beginning of his work. And that really, um, it could be translated as the Lord created Lord created me as the beginning of his work rather than at. Mm. So in a sense, it would have, and way and work could be translated as way. Oh, so okay. the Lord created me as the beginning of his way. Gotcha. So his way of being. Right. So, so the, the, the subtle implication difference is, on one hand, uh, if you say created me at the beginning of his work, it's just simply saying this was the first step. Right. However, the other translation possibility would mean this is the intentional first cornerstone upon it, which everything else is built on this master plan. Yeah. Or, or the, the pathway <clears throat> through which everything was created. Gotcha. And that ties in very closely. Okay, so more of a conduit, uh, yeah, as a opposed conduit, to a to a, a, to, a uh, to to a cornerstone. Yeah, and so that that <clears throat> does tie in with the Christian concept of Holy Trinity, which wouldn't be developed for hundreds of years after mm-hmm. Proverbs was written down, of the Holy Spirit being the conduit of God to people once, uh, particularly once Jesus left the earth and. It, in his resurrected form. Mm-hmm. But part of the Holy Trinity theology is that the um, Holy Spirit was part of God from the very beginning. Though there is a little bit of push back and forth through history of how much so. Mm-hmm. And the, the ambiguity in this possible in this translation really reveals that well. Right. Uh, there's no ambiguity within Christianity about whether Jesus was what we call pre-existent or not because of the uh, beginning of the Gospel of John. It's very explicit that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word particularly became, is Jesus. Yeah, became that, man, became flesh. Yeah, and that, mm-hmm. that's Jesus. So um, here in Proverbs, we have this account that could be the, a description of how the Holy Spirit was active in prehistory. So I was just about to ask that. So so essentially, uh, it could be, it could be decided or it could be uh, interpreted that this poem about wisdom is really a poem about the Holy Spirit, right? And with it, obviously, no, I shouldn't say obviously. Maybe people may not be aware. In Judaism, there is not the concept of the Holy Trinity. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, yeah, obviously. Um, well, not you know, some people don't really think about that. <laughs> That's so, true. Yeah. And, um, but within most of Judaism, there is a great deal of respect for experiencing God as this inspirer, as mm-hmm. described as wisdom. This this behavior, this activity of God right. as the one who inspires humans to create and be co-creators with God. Gotcha. So to go back to our, our, our analogy of like uh, experiencing God through the senses, yeah. uh, Jewish culture... God, Holy Spirit, 
not but not Jesus. Right. Like that's the that that, that is the component yeah. where that, that where we separate and and they don't use the term holy for the spirit. So hmm. it's the spirit of God. They don't Gotcha. They don't in that case, spirit doesn't need a first name. Gotcha, gotcha. And one of the things to keep in mind with Judaism that Christians all too often leave behind is that Judaism was born in a world culture that was full almost exclusively of religions that held, had multiple deities. Mm -hmm. And God's first self-revelation was, I am one. Right. That, that you know, there is no one else here, no other deities uh, that exist. And so to this day within Judaism, that's one of their primary cornerstones of their faith is God is one. And so that makes sense. they're able to deal in some ways more eloquently with the nuances of the different ways of experiencing God, whereas Christians sometimes trip over the concept of the Holy Trinity and make it almost into three gods. Right. I was just going to say, yeah, one could very easily see where the discussion could become uh, a, a healthy argument about, uh, no, 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 Holy Trinity is dangerously close to uh, multi-deity yeah. uh, uh, worship. And, you know... And Christians we need to take have a step done back. it. Yeah, I mean, sure. we can look back in history and see when one aspect or another of God was uh, neglected, much to the detriment of individuals in the in the church, yeah. in the world, and therefore the world. Yeah. Uh, anything else about uh, Proverbs? Uh, we better just cut it off. Could go on and on, but gotcha. We should probably it's very on. beautifully written. Oh, uh, uh, horribly butchered in in the in its reading. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's another one of those. Written. To, to spend some time with. Yeah, I would, I would encourage the listeners uh, to to uh, take that passage and read it yourself. Uh, you, yeah. know, it'll, you will find much more meaning uh, as you read it <laughs> rather than listening to me read that one. Or uh, even if even at church, we can't spend enough time on it. Yeah. That's one of those to, to take with you in your walk in the woods to ponder life. Yep. Uh, Romans 5 verses 1 through 5 reads this way. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand, and we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. Not, and not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. Um, words of encouragement. Mm -hmm. uh, a very familiar pattern for this author. Right. Uh, um, uh, uh, the geek in me makes it, it makes me think of uh, uh, the phrase from uh, the prequels, the Star Wars prequels uh, by Yoda of uh, anger leads, fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, hate leads to suffering. Um, but, uh, um, this is, it, it kind of walks you through, um, suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope mm -hmm. does not disappoint us. Um, it's a, it's kind of like a map, uh, kind of a treasure map of guiding you through, uh, the, the depths of, of despair and how to get back to, um, uh, a position of strength or, Maybe another way of seeing it. I'm, I'm, you're right. No, but there's, let's, uh... <laughs> but there's also the dimension of having strength without being freed of the despair. Mm, uh -huh. 
That's, right, right, right. I mean, it, it may that sound you utilize you, you work through that to, or it get. This may sound odd, but it, it it's almost a Zen type of thing. Of within the despair, one finds strength. Mm-hmm. Without without eliminating the despair, right. As much as we want to run away from pain and despair and sadness and questions of faith and all that, sometimes by allowing ourselves to actually sit there with it, it gives a chance for the Holy Spirit to inspire us to a deeper sense of hope and God's love. And as we become aware of that hope and God's love, we're still in the situation of despair. Mm-hmm. And yet we can continue to, to stay alive and stay full of God's love and able to share that even as the despair is still there. So I'm you know, thinking of people who are in extreme illnesses or mm-hmm. uh, unjust imprisonments and on and on and on. There's no reason for them not to still be in a certain kind of despair. Right. But it keeps it or maybe it walks it back from the existential despair of life is worthless to one of even while I'm despairing of my um, being able to stay alive, I can be filled with so much hope and so much of God's love that I can actually be a witness in the midst of this. Hmm. This is the master worker. Going back to Proverbs. your suffering. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. um, Other hidden meanings from... uh... Well, not... Not hidden. It's actually can we national treasure. The, or, <laughs> yes, the gold can be found. That's right. That's right. Um, but one thing that the reason this is here for Trinity Sunday mm-hmm. is that it, I was yeah I was going to ask that it basically has a mention of Jesus Christ and of the Holy Spirit and God. So it has almost all the language of the Holy Trinity. It doesn't use, at least in this translation, does use God the Father. Maybe others would. Uh, well, it says we have peace with God. Yeah, there. but it may explicitly say Father in a I gotcha. I gotcha, yeah. translation. I just haven't... I don't think it would um, by uh, my familiarity with this translation. But anyway, it has... It shows that even that Paul was moving towards a very explicit Trinitarian theology, even though he didn't get there. Gotcha. And within some conservative movements of Christianity through the years, and I'm thinking of like the um, Pilgrim movement Mm -hmm. around the time of the colonization of North America, there was a suspicion of the Trinity because (coughs) Paul had never gotten there in his writings. Okay. And... The Puritans who came to North America um, explicitly felt that Paul was more accurate than the Gospels in revealing God's intentions for human life. Hmm. So they were they were they were a little suspicious of all this Trinity stuff. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. And suspicion is fine. Question. Well, question is, I think suspicion's a little too cynical. Uh, I suppose it does have yeah. some connotations there. <laughs> right. So, and so, you tend to burn so I was nitpicking the word that you use to kind of soften. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay, I got it. Gotcha. Yeah, right. and, and it is part of why the, and, the Puritans got off track. Right, right. right. And you know, and, what's funny about that. Just, just right now, that's a, that's a, that's a very healthy example of uh, what happens to the Word of God as it passed down through the years. Of you use the word suffering, 
mm-hmm. to dis- or, or, or use the word uh, uh, suspicious uh, uh, to um, uh, describe their feelings towards this. And then I internalized that and interpreted it a different way. Yeah. Didn't quite get the full breadth of your your meaning because you didn't want to you didn't want to be overly mean to the Puritans, right? <laughs> and and that's that's why complete conversation is so much more helpful than a soundbite. Yeah, yeah. Although we could sound, yeah. we could easily soundbite that part right. right there. Uh, so uh, okay, well then uh, let's let's finish this off with John chapter sixteen verses twelve through fifteen. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own, but will speak whatever he hears. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. For this reason, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Man, John really does circle back. Yes, <laughs> around and, and around. He is, he is definitely, a, a, like, the way he writes things does seem like a sewer doing one of those, like, uh, I, I don't forgive me, I don't know the sewing mm-hmm. terms, but where they stitch under the stitch. Like, they keep yeah. going under and, like, I'm going to backtrack and make sure you got that. Make sure you got that. <laughs> Again, another good image today. You're, yeah. you're on a roll. Oh, wow. That's the Benadryl. Thank God for allergies. That's right. That's right. Uh, but uh, um, so he, John always had, it seems like he has this, this funny knack of, of, uh, of saying like, uh, it's almost like backhanded complimenting himself sometimes. It's, it's, he's like, you know, oh, you know, it, it, uh, you know, I'm not that important, but you know, the Holy Spirit will glorify me through you mm, know uh-huh. repeating my words and telling you that everything that I've said thus far is true. And yeah, uh, um, I know it. I, I'm going to assume <laughs> that it's not intentional. Yeah, I never uh, thought of Jesus as backhanded complimenting himself. No, no, John, John, not Jesus. Okay, this is John. Isn't this? Isn't this? No, this John? is the words oh, of oh, Jesus. Oh, oh, this is the words of Jesus. Yeah, so I got gotcha. you. You just dissed Jesus. Oh no. <laughs> I'm gonna move away a little bit. Yeah, lightning <laughs> yeah. could be coming. No, no, no. Well, then I, I, I tackled this from a to- the totally wrong aspect. I don't know why I read this. As well, like there is a, a le- there are there are in the scriptures the letters from. John. That's exactly what I was. I was thinking yeah. like this is a letter from John, and yeah. I was like, that's kind of odd. Uh, but uh, uh, forgive me, uh, but everyone. You still got the, the the proper image of within John. Jesus's voice often goes over and over and over the same point within the same speech mm-hmm. so that it's easier for us to get it and harder for us to not get it or harder for us to misuse it. Gotcha. So you were right on in saying that. Um, yeah, that was it definitely was kind of his style. He yeah. does, uh, yeah. uh, whether that's uh, his inflection upon what Jesus actually said or whether that was Jesus' style, I suppose, could be uh, a one of the great of debates. Scholarly yeah. debate, uh, which I'm not Again, invited to. When I get to the heaven, there's the question and answer booth, another one to ask. Right. And you're going to get, I, I have a feeling you're going to get the answer at that question and answer booth of like, why do you care at this point? Exactly. <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm really, really curious. Um, but uh, but I'm an uh, overachiever, <laughs> right? Exactly. 
Uh, I want to go back and get those questions right, but, but I missed on the last test. Yeah. Um, Where's so, the extra credit work? So, so this is Jesus saying, uh, man, I feel bad about that. Uh, 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 so the, the spirit of truth is going to come and going to reiterate everything that I have told you. Yeah. Uh, it kind of almost, it, the, the, the language of this kind of implies uh, that Jesus is saying, uh, I know you're not going to believe me. Right. But at some point in time, the Holy Spirit is going to uh, uh, bring this back up, and then you're going to suddenly realize that everything I've been telling you is true. Yes, and the focal point for all four Gospels is the crucifixion. Mm -hmm. So this is pre-crucifixion where Jesus is talking, and so part of what he's saying is after I've died and am resurrected, then even though I won't physically be with you except on a few occasions, the Holy Spirit will be there to help you make sense of all this. Mm -hmm. All this, including not just those events, but all that I'd said beforehand, because they'll mean something completely different than you're able to grasp right now. Right. So it's that reinterpretation of what they had been experiencing of Jesus prior to his arrest. Okay. Yeah. Um, he still has many things to say. Yeah. And that's the other thing that um, because John was the last gospel written down, Jesus is more explicit within John of saying this isn't everything. Right. This gospel does not say everything. There's so much more. Um, and when I say, yeah, there's so much more that you'll need to know that to figure out life, to figure out ministry, to figure out how to share God's love. And for that, the Holy Spirit will be with you. Mm -hmm. Or the spirit of truth is the title that Jesus uses in this passage. Right. Or this version of interpretation, right? <laughs> yeah. So this is a, this is a uh, again another sort of like with the Paul Paul passage from Romans a few minutes ago. This is another place where the Trinity's almost there in full form, right? But not quite, right? And so it did take interpretation by various um, wise and holy people, including the Cappadocian fathers, as we now call them, to help us take the step and putting a formulation that's helpful to us out of these scriptures. Very interesting. Yeah. All right. So let's, let's give, we've referenced them a couple of times this morning. Let's give them a little bit of do before we close out the Cappadocian fathers. Uh-huh. Who were these fathers? They were, what do we, what do we want to say about them? Um, <clears throat> and why do we care about them? They were three people um, who were in an area, Cappadocia, you may not be surprised here, which is in current, current time uh, Turkey, who were trying to help the, the Christians figure out how to be Christians now that the world was changing yet again mm -hmm. with the uh, legalization of Christianity, with a bit of um, empire building beginning to start with by Christian leaders mm -hmm. and all sorts of controversies around who Jesus was, who God is, um, who Jesus is. Mm -hmm. And what's the spirit stuff? Right. And and people were beginning to um, get violent about it. And we're beginning throughout Christianity. Good, good thing that resolved itself. <laughs> yeah, that's ever happened again. <laughs> um, and it, we're, we're fr literally fracturing um, church organizations, mm. church structures, over what kind of belief one had about the different aspects of God. So their genius um, 
was uh, by Basil, Gregory, and Gregory were the three. Uh, and Basil and one of the Gregories were brothers. Oh, okay. Um, they were diocesan bishops. They were pastoral. They worked with everyday Christians on an everyday level. Um, and it's kind of fun to read their diaries, see how much they liked and disliked that kind of effort. Um, but consequently, they made they made they wrote sermons and meditations that were very accessible to most people who heard them or read them, mm-hmm. and inspired the Council of Nicaea and and people throughout time since uh, regarding how do we think of God and how do we think of God in a way that prepares us for ministry, for sharing the love of God and answering some of, or addressing, not answering, addressing life's big questions um, and not kill each other over it. This is around when? 80? 300s. Okay. okay. Um, the one that sticks in my mind that they, that I, I think it was Basil who put this in a sermon, it may be one of the two Gregories, was um, the question of how does someone who it lost at sea be resurrected because there were at that time there were a lot of christians who believed in a bodily resurrection mm-hmm. and so if you're at the bottom of the sea do you instantly drown when you're resurrected and another um train of thought or questioning was if you're if you die in a fire and mm. your body's incinerated are you resurrected just as a skeleton I mean, there are all these questions and Basil was able to very pastorally address these in sermons and reassure people, no, God can figure this out. Right. You, we really don't have to. Um, and he used imagery and poetry. It, was, it, it really is amazing how they stand up after all these centuries. Huh. Very fascinating. Yeah. So, so that they, they did help. They were influential on the, uh, the, the, the council's decision. Later. Yeah, they very much so. And, um, all sorts of leaders and everyday Christians have, reference their works through the centuries to mm. figure out uh, what we should, how, how we can utilize the Holy Trinity both to make our everyday lives more faithful and how to make the church as a whole more faithful and generous in its sharing of God's love. Good job, Capitation. They're amazing. They really awesome. are. If you get a good translation of what they wrote, it's, it's truly inspiring. I expect a sermon reference. Challenge extended. extended. Well, very good. Well, then, uh, so so I I think that well rounds out our our, our podcast for today. This was, uh, again, your podcast for June 16th, 2019. Uh, You're more than welcome to uh, join us in person at 8 and 10 o'clock on on Sunday. Otherwise, we'll be uh, posting the the, the, uh, sermon online. Mm -hmm. I have still yet uh, to uh, post the homily online. So uh, for those of you, who process these uh, sequentially, uh, the homily will come out on the podcast just before this one. So if you if you, okay. if you if you missed it on Sunday and you thought that maybe we, 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 we didn't get it uh, and it's not going to appear, just scroll back one and it, it, <laughs> it just appeared uh, uh, shortly before this one did. So uh, apologies for that. Again, life, it gets in the way. It happens. Uh, but uh, uh, so this was, uh, we're, we're, we're in the summer, we're, we're moving along and uh, we're, we're very glad that you're still joining us. And uh, again, uh, I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.